Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Hi, Kelly. We have a client story today, and this is a female client. Would you like to name her, please? I'll choose Reagan. Oh, okay. Um, And she's over Zoom, so we can see each other. And at the very beginning of the session, after consent, she says to me, can you just tell me what you get about me being stuck? And I said, "Um, yeah. I said, is there anything else that you want in your session today? And she goes, no. She says, "I, I just want to hear whatever, I don't know, what like whatever it is that you do, whoever you talk to. Like, I don't, I don't understand this and I don't get it. I don't know if I really believe in it. I just want you to just tell me what you get. So I said, okay. I said, I'm going to pause for a few minutes, listen to the spirit world, and then tell you everything that I get. And she goes, yeah, talk to whoever you need to. I don't understand it. And she kind of like kept going on about that a little bit at the very beginning. And I said, okay. So I just asked the guides and I said, what's going on? And they said, well, we're going to start by saying that Reagan is in office administration. And my, my head is spinning. I'm thinking, okay, what's going on? But it's sort of like unfolded through the entire session. And they said she's been in it for over two decades. And she chose office administration because it wouldn't challenge her in the least. She picked it because she wanted to be able to know that she was working Monday to Friday that she was working between this time and this time, that she would have two breaks, that she would have a lunch, that she would have a pension, she would have benefits, she would know exactly what was expected of her every single day. And she doesn't want to step outside of knowing what's expected of her every day. Or she has a lot of of anxiety. So just straight routines. And I said, well, what happens if somebody asks her to step outside of that because I can't imagine working in any career where you're asked to do the same thing every day and there's no change and no growth. And if I think about, you think about computers over two decades alone, the technology for office admin and it's like, um, okay, software programming, even the way telephones have evolved and telephone systems and messaging has, has evolved. Yeah. And she doesn't like any of it. She doesn't want to participate in any of it. And if you also think about her age, she's only like in her early 40s. So it's like she's not finished her career. She's not like on her last year where everybody's kind of like, okay. And she grew up with technology-ish. Yes. Like it, it, it was mind-blowing to me how much anxiety she has over every single one of these things. And I said, what does she do then? When she's at work, and there is a new system, there's got to be more than one over 20 years. And they said she does two things. She goes into outright attack of the other person, and she'll make it personal. She'll, she'll do anything to get out of it so that she just basically creates so much drama and so many problems for the person that they don't even want to come back and ask her for the next one. Mm-hmm. So... People, she wants people to avoid her. And as a result of people avoiding her, 
She's stuck. And it's like, okay, what else does she do? She cries. And I said, okay, so her emotions are completely dysregulated. And they said, absolutely. Hey, hang on a second here. I'm not going to argue with that. However, for anyone listening, crying is a good thing, but Mm -hmm. it's also a brilliant mechanism to make people avoid you. Mm -hmm. And I I don't disagree with the fact that you're saying that she's probably dysregulated, but I do want people to hear that you can be emotionally regulated Mm -hmm. and know what you're doing with your emotions and use it very strategically to manipulate. Mm -hmm. And the tears aren't genuine. They are stay away from me. And, and I'm going to say, in Reagan's case, I'm going to say it's a combination of both. I'm going to say that there are periods of times in her life where she's not aware of it. Yeah. It is her true and honest response, and it's what she's done as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's what she's known her parents to do. It's what she's um, she's currently doing in her career. But you're correct in that she also gets to see that it does work, and she does know how to use it. But it is also that it is her automatic response to do it. I get it. Yeah. So I love what you brought to that conversation. Thank you. Yeah, because I also want people to understand that you may go into work one day and someone asks you to do a complete overhaul of how you've done things in the past and it's a brand new system or protocol and you jump in with two feet and you go home and cry that night, and that's okay, right? Tears mm-hmm. tears aren't the worst thing. It's knowing when and where, which is the regulation part. You know, you go home and you're like, okay, my head is spinning. I'm overwhelmed. That was mm-hmm. a really long, hard day. I'm going to give myself time to let the overwhelm happen now while I'm in this safe space where nothing is required of me, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to having the meltdown in the office, which makes everyone be like, I'll just take care of it. And and the guides are explaining that that's what happens in the work environment is that she cries so much, so hard, so often that there's this box of Kleenex that gets pushed towards her as they know that they're going to tell her something. Ew. And I mentioned that to her, that this box of Kleenex comes towards her across the table or somebody stands up when they know the other person is going to give her the news and they hunt around. They'll even go and find Kleenex and bring it and put it on the table and kind of put it out there for her because they know what's coming. And she gets annoyed by that, but it's actually accurate. And I told her that and she she looked at me and said, well, that that's true. That's true. I, I, I think she has every right to be annoyed by it because you, I mean, I'm not condoning her behavior, but they're also saying, okay, we understand the role that we play and it is to allow you to make us to avoid or to make us avoid. So I'm going to prep you as much as I can. Like they're now fulfilling a role. I console when I deliver hard information instead of just being a fucking boss and say, no, I deliver information. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for bringing the healthy to the conversation. And I'm going to continue doing this this story because this is what has to happen because that's Mm -hmm. what happened in her session. Yeah. Uh, And I'm glad that you're pointing out something else so that the listeners can sit here and go, okay, and some... Listeners are going to go, good, thanks for backing me up, Kelly. That's what I do. And some people that are the bosses listening to this are going to go, fuck. Yeah, because, and here's why I'm doing this. Like, no one is all bad, right? And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying anyone in this scenario is bad or good. I'm not trying to label it that way. 
she's got some unhealthy behaviors, but it's not all her. She's roped other people into also creating bad behaviors that enable, right? So it, you, you have to see whose responsibility it is in each move, right? In, in terms of like a chess game. Yes. So then, so we're talking about that, about the career and what's going on in, in that environment. And she says, yep, yep. And then she, uh, or pardon me, then the guide said to me, um, she does the very same thing at home. And she has the same dysregulated feelings at home where she does the very same thing. She goes into attack. She goes into fight and go at her husband. Or if that's not working, or I'm tired of doing that, I've done that the last few times, then she'll go into the, this is my time to cry because the last few times attacking him just didn't work. Or, or she doesn't think worked, right? Because she didn't get what she wants. Mm -hmm. So I said to her, the guides are saying that you do the same thing to your husband. And I said, and, um, but the fact of the matter is, is that when you're doing it to your husband at home, he has his own dysregulated emotions and he does the same tactics back to you, not entirely. And she just kind of was going to correct me right away. I could see her coming right in for me. And I said, ah, just give me one second to let me correct something. He does the same thing as... And he attacks you the way you attack him. And she goes, yes. Sex must be fun. And I, oh. <laughs> like you think about the amount of control they're trying to exert over each other in every conversation. Yeah. That's no trust. That's no integrity. Mm -hmm. And that's no communication. Mm -hmm. Top three things that make sex enjoyable. Intimacy possible. Right. So then, you know, on an aside, I would suggest if anybody's listening to this and this is you, you should go to pelvic physiotherapy. Also just therapy. Okay. I would, I would agree that, that you should also go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I would also say you should go to pelvic physiotherapy because that's going to affect all of the muscles in the pelvis mm -hmm. and in the low back and down your legs. And if somebody's sitting here going, oh my God, she said low back, buttocks legs. That's me. <laughs> yes, that's you because of the way that you're going to hold all that tension in those muscles. And it's not that you're just holding the tension during sex, but you are then too, but you're holding it all day long. Yeah, you're holding it when you sleep. Yeah. You're holding it when you're thinking about what you need to say to your partner. Mm -hmm. You're holding it when you're talking to your girlfriend or you're just even freaking cooking dinner because you don't know when it's coming next. Mm -hmm. And I said, but the other thing your husband does, I said, is that he doesn't go into tears. I said, he goes into a complete shutdown. He will not cry because you cry and he can't stand your crying. And he goes into, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you that I feel anything. So what, what's going to frustrate you is that you're the one that has all the feelings and you're thinking you're feeling for both of you and because he shuts down and he doesn't want to demonstrate a single feeling. Which is really interesting because I don't think that just crying is actually feeling everything, right? Like it's, if it's a mm -hmm. control mechanism, yeah. you're not actually going through the emotional wheel with any kind of intelligence to know what you're feeling. You're lumping all of the uncomfortable feelings together and carrying out one behavior so that you don't actually have to assess what you feel. Correct. I don't think there's any intelligence in there. That's well, yeah, spot on. There's no emotional intelligence, but you've just pointed out the emotional wheel. So let's just remind people that they can go on Google or whatever. Um, Who's using anything but Google? 
okay, I don't know, it's going to say any search engine. And you can type in the emotional wheel, and you can get them appropriately for all ages, including children, so that you can learn what it is that you're feeling instead of just the core six feelings. And that you can go further into the feelings to figure out you might think that you are sad when in fact you are full of fear. Mm-hmm. So that would be a great tool if this story is making some sense to you and you are using these tactics of cry, shut down, fight like a <laughs> mofo <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to get what you want or to be able to avoid what you don't want in your life. And, and that's your toolkit. That's what you think your tools are. Okay, so back to the story. So then I, I the guide said that her husband... Is, was on a forced sick leave. And I asked them to explain that. And they said, well, he shuts down. <laughs> he won't feel anything. They don't know what's going on in there. So they think he's a freaking loose cannon. They're afraid of him. And when he does go to the opposite and he does open the valve for some emotions, he's like her in that he goes into verbal attacks. And they are afraid because he's a big guy that he's going to just finally lose it someday and he'll go into and lose it and have a physical attack. But also, because of the type of job he does, he's not allowed to be classified as depressed. He's not allowed to yeah. be classified as yeah. depressed? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I, I'm going to give the example of pilots because that's the one that I've heard that's a fact. That if you're a pilot, you cannot fly a plane if a psychiatrist deems you as depressed. Interesting. So he has a career where he is not allowed to do his job if he's declared depressed. And it is the responsibility of management to question that and to say that you need to be assessed by our psychiatrist, our therapist, um, and we need to we need to know if you're capable of doing your job or not. We suspect you aren't, so you have to go and get checked. So he had to go get checked. He was classified as depressed. He was put on a forced sick leave. Okay, I'm hung up on your language. That's all. Oh, go ahead. Explain. When you say he's not allowed to be classified as depressed, I thought you meant they oh, were sorry. being irresponsible by avoiding diagnosing him <gasps> with it. But right. you're saying if he is diagnosed yes. this way, he's not allowed to be at work. That makes total sense. Oh, I'm thank you. Thank you for clarifying it. Yep. I didn't realize I was wording it in such a way that it could cause confusion. That's okay. No, I'm pointing that out because I think it's really good for people to know that we all do shit like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm glad, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take a moment in our conversation where I'm grateful that you're saying I could be misunderstood and you're correcting it for me because I didn't realize my wording was such. And I know I've done that before and you've done that for me several times. I'm pointing it out because I know other people will do the same thing because we're all humans and that sometimes other humans don't like being corrected in that. And I want people to see how gently you can do it for somebody and how you don't make them feel shamed. You did that so beautifully that I just wanted people to see that it can be done with kindness Mm -hmm. from you and that it can be accepted with grace and then we can correct it, be grateful, and move back into the conversation seamlessly. And I just know that some people just don't get that in life. Yep, that's fair. And you had you just did it so easily, Kelly. Thank you. And I appreciate that on, on so many levels, just because I feel seen and heard. Um, 
on top of that, like one of our biggest compliments through all of the years that we've been doing this together, which is around 10 years now, um, is people love the way that we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. Anytime people say, I love your podcast, they will specifically say, it's the way that the two of you speak to one another that gets me. Mm-hmm. So it, it's lovely that you're illustrating in more detail what that exchange was. Mm-hmm. So... I explained to Reagan that her husband was on a forced stress leave, et cetera, et cetera. You guys have all heard the story now. And she just looked at me and was absolutely like gobsmacked. Mm -hmm. And she was gobsmacked in the way that this was factual information she freaking couldn't deny. Because up to that point, we're talking about behaviors. We're talking about the way she's handling things. Which are still facts, but I think a lot of people who, especially the people who have um, unhealthy behaviors, I'm choosing my words wisely, uh, tend to often kind of generalize and believe that everyone be, like reacts that way or behaves that way. Mm-hmm. And they just don't think it's anything unique. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, she's not really telling me anything I, d- I don't already know that yeah. everyone does. Yes. Yes, thank you. But if if a psychic sat in front of me and said that, I'd be like, absolutely fucking not. That mm-hmm. I would never treat a partner that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said he's on this stress leave because of the relationship at home, because of the way that the two of you speak to each other, because of the way his parents spoke to each other, and how he got raised to believe that this was what you do as a couple. That is normal that he believes everybody lives this type of a life and isn't this just marriage and isn't this just the way that you go to work and yet some people just, you know, just put their feelings out there and don't hide them kind of a thing. I just wear my emotions on my sleeve. You see what you get. Like all of these cliches that he thinks are just like, well, yeah, but that's just normal and that's just life. Why would I have to go to therapy for this? Why would you put me on a stress leave? Why can't I work? He's, um, he's angry and doesn't understand because he thinks all of it is normal. And I said that to her and I said, so he's stuck. And I said, and you think the same thing because of the way that your parents raised you. And so you're behaving with the crying and you're doing your routines of the fighting, the attacking. And so you either both come at each other and go attack, attack. Or whatever it is, like all the different little combos within those options. And she kind of has this little response of almost a little bit of a giggle of, yeah, isn't that kind of silly and icky and like messed up all at the same time? But you can also see that she's kind of also in the emotions of, I don't really like it that Karen knows this about me. I don't really like this. Do I go into attack right now? Do I go into meltdown and what do my you come for? my own crying? And I paused right there and I said to her, Reagan, I said, you're becoming dysregulated right now. And she went, what? And you could, Kelly, I, you, I said, I think I can see it in you visibly. Like your coworkers could see it in you visibly. Any human could. That's not psychic. That's observation. And she goes, what? Like, couldn't understand that this couldn't just be observational. And people pass her Kleenex boxes. <laughs> Clearly it's observational. I had to remind her of that. 
I had to say, well, yeah, don't you remember when I said that they passed you the Kleenex box? Like, they see what you're doing. This, this is scripted. They know, they sit and discuss how they're going to deal with you. They have a plan. And she went, what? And you could see absolute terror. Because remember now, she's been told by parents, safety and security at all costs. You stay in that marriage at all costs. You can fight, you can do the crying, and you can do the attacking. Safety and security, Which do not leave. Which actually aren't either of those things. Right. But you stay because there's going to be a pension and benefits with him. You stay in that job because you have your pension and benefits in that job. So you stay. So you stay in your job, he stays in his job, and you stay together. Stuck, stuck, stuck. There's your trifecta. And she just looked at me and she went, oh, like totally, totally like discombobulated, right? And I said, I can see where you're now in your emotions trying to figure out really quickly which one. And I said, you do it so fast that you don't know that you're running from one to the next to the next. And I said, so sometimes you'll even start with the, with the attack and the attack just explodes into the tears. And she goes, yeah, that's been happening a lot lately. And I said, and that's what put your husband over the edge. It wasn't one or the other. It was that you were blending the two now into the explosion. And he just went, can't cope with both. He was used to coping with one or the other and responding in kind to one of his two choices. And I said, so now you've, you've pushed him over the edge. And that exploded at work, which pushed him into the stress slave. And I said, but I want to go back and ask the guides a question. And she went, okay. And had no clue. I didn't tell her what I was asking the guides. And so I said to the guides, what the hell? <laughs> like, it sounds like she's not even happy in her career. I'm just curious. Did she have another career that she should have been in in this life that she wrote in in her life path that would have not been soul crushing? And they went, yes, real estate. She spends her weekends looking at homes, going to openings, looking online. She loves decor in homes. She fantasizes about decorating people's homes, putting them together. She loves things like Pinterest and the openings because they're staged, because the homes look perfect. And they said, tell her that she was supposed to go into real estate and home decor and that she still, in fact, can. And I thought, well, hold up. Give me the plan if you're saying that's a plan. What else could I tell her to move her along in this plan? Because if, it, if when the guides are right, it's really going to shift something in her. So they said, yes, we are going to suggest to her that she goes to work and she tells them at work that she wants to leave, that she wants to go into real estate and home decor, that she is going to stay in the job but doesn't want any promotions, but now they're going to understand why. So I thought, I better ask the guides if they have more information so that I can present her with something really substantial. And they, so I asked them, like, what else could you tell me to help her? And they said, well, we want her to go to work and we want her to sit down with her boss and say that she wants to go to school, that she wants to go into real estate, she wants to go into home decor, 
but she needs the job for a little while until she can move on. And that she understands her behavior, that she's going to go to therapy and tell her she has to go to therapy to deal with all of these emotions because this has to get done. And if she goes to therapy, she'll be able to stay at the job because they'll know that she's working on it and that she's leaving anyway. So they won't try to keep promoting her or trying to give her extra projects. They'll probably move her into a job that's got less and less responsibilities so that she actually can do the other stuff. They want her out and they cannot figure out how to get her out. So if she offers them the out on her terms, they're going to they're going to meet her terms and let her get out as fast as she can. Uh-huh. Oh, I can see your annoyance. Sounds like divorce, but go ahead. So I told her that. I said Reagan, and I told her all of the different things that the guides told her or, or told me to say to her about real estate, about home decor, what to say to the people at work so that she could keep the job until she was able to actually get her license and move in and work with a company and then give her resignation papers. And she just looked at me, Kelly, and like, I, if you can say that you saw somebody's soul turn a switch to on, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you could see the light in somebody or the flicker come back on for the desire to live again. That was the moment. Beautiful. And she looked at me and she went, I love real estate. And you, all of the fire, all of the passion. And she started telling me all of her stuff about all of the things she does on the weekends, about I get my coffee, I go to this Starbucks and I sit down and I go through all the listings and I go to some of the open houses and I do this, this is my passion and I go with my girlfriends. Like it, it was beautiful to watch who she is when she accepts her life path. It's when we aren't in our life path that it's soul crushing. Mm. And that light goes out, and then we just go to the job for whatever we go to the job for. And in her case, she was trained to believe that it was for the safety and for the security. And those were the only two things that mattered in life, even if they created a soul-crushing marriage or a soul-crushing friendship or career. And in her case, marriage and career. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, you know, we're coming to the end now. I said, the guys are saying, here's, here's your path forward. But I want you to remember that without therapy, you're not going to be able to go into a career in real estate and succeed because you don't have self-esteem at this point. You've been in a soul-crushing career. And I don't mean to say that office administration is a soul-crushing career. I'm saying for Reagan, it was. For somebody else, it might be absolutely fabulous, and they could absolutely love what they do. Mm-hmm. But for her, it was soul-crushing. And for somebody else, it could be being a doctor. It could be being a teacher. It, it, it doesn't matter um, how much money you make or what prestige or how many years of education you put into it. It still could end up becoming soul-crushing. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing of it was, was that the guides told her, your husband actually loves his job and the relationship and the patterns that the two of you are playing out are what is soul crushing. And as a result, it's going to destroy his career. But he's actually good at his job when he isn't emotionally dysregulated and triggered by the shit going on at home. Mm-hmm. So he needs 
the very same type of therapy that she needs. But he needs his own therapist to go through it. He can't say, you go learn and let me know what you learned. No one can. Say it again. No one can. The same way you can't read a book and say to someone, okay, tell me, tell me what we got out of it. And I'm not even talking about a self-development book. If I read Harry Potter and you say to me, okay, give me the gist of it. What did we learn from this book? What did we enjoy about it? I'm just telling you my experience and my takeaways. But if you've merged with the person, then you think. Oh, and not even merged. If I just don't want to read the book and I don't want to do my work, Mm -hmm. then I make it look like I've learned because you taught me. Right. But nothing's been learned or absorbed or digested or however you want to word that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And tricky people might even listen to some of your vocabulary, memorize it, go off and learn it, and then start using it to have you believe that they heard you and that they got the same knowledge you did when in fact that's gaslighting you mm-hmm. into staying in that kind of a relationship when they did the barest minimum and didn't actually truly do the, do the valuable work. Mm-hmm. So I said to Reagan, your husband has to do his own work and his company is making sure that he's doing it. So you are headed towards a divorce regardless because he has to stay in therapy because of his job. But while he's in therapy and he's learning about the dysregulated emotions, the crying, the relationship, he's going to start walking his way to understanding that he needs his job. He's going to start understanding the behavior between the two of you and the dynamics, and he's going to start working on changing it. And if you aren't in your own therapy and willing to do your own work to stop the crying, and I'll say the manipulative crying. Mm -hmm. I'll say the dysregulated crying, not the healthy crying. We want people to do the healthy crying. Or the we want her to stop the abusive outbursts. We want her to get the toolkit to be able to communicate in a far more effective way. So that was the... that so if she doesn't do it. If she doesn't do it, there will end up being a, um, a separation. The relationship will end, will end. And I said, you are also looking at being let go from your job. It's just going to take time because you're unionized. There's a big, long process, but they're in it. They're in it. And the Kleenex box sliding towards you, they're trying to let you know that they know. Mm-hmm. And she just was like, what? And I said, no, the Kleenex box is their way of saying we know what you're up to and we have our own plan. And we're documenting this. You yeah. got it. You got it. So I said, so as much as you're looking for safety and security, and you think it's by forcing it in the ways that you only know how to do, both at work and at home, you're actually walking down the path to complete instability and insecurity. But you have a chance here to clean it all up. You have a chance to get healthy. So she walked out of that session with a ton of truths a ton more knowledge about um, what was going on at work. She had no idea that the staff were watching her and preparing. Mm -hmm. Near the very end of her session, Kelly, she said to me, you know, Karen, she says, when I first called and asked you about being stuck, I thought you were going to confirm what I thought. I didn't want to say anything because I thought I knew all the reasons I was stuck. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, I thought I was stuck because of the way my bosses were treating me. I thought I was stuck because of the work environment. 
not like because of what was going on at work with other people. And I didn't want to clean up other people's messes. I, I just wanted to do my job. She says, so I thought that I was, I was in a stuck position, but I was blaming other people's behaviors at work. And I wanted to see it from that lens. And she said, and I thought I was stuck at home because when I cry or when I say things and I try and talk to my husband, she said talk. She didn't say attack. And I had to correct her because she wanted to say, when I talk to my husband, he shuts down on me. And I said, no, 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 no. If he, you talk to him, I said, you would have a conversation because he can do that. He's capable. And I said, you attack him. And I said, so when he's attacked, just like when he was a kid, when his parents attacked him, he went in to attack back, attack first if you think it's coming, or if you don't have it within you to attack, totally shut down and frustrate the shit out of them. Just don't speak. Don't show any emotions, drive them crazy and watch them squirm. And so that's what he's doing to you. And she goes, well, that's where I thought I was stuck. I thought you were going to tell me that he was the one that had to go to therapy to be able to be a better listener because he wasn't listening to me. Nobody wants to listen to anyone who's attacking you. But she couldn't understand that. She couldn't understand that her own behavior was causing these responses Mm. because she had watched these behaviors with her mom and dad and didn't really put two and two together that, well, dad shuts down too. So when her husband did it, she just thought, you're just like my dad, but this is what mom did. So I'll just go at you again until you do it because eventually dad did it eventually. So she just thought that was, that was the way you dealt with it. And she was being told in that session, no, it's, it's far more than that. You have to look far deeper than that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the cool things about this session that people may or may not have got out of this, uh, so I'll spell it out, is that we don't often necessarily know what our pain point is. We think we know what it is, like she said, but it's actually mm-hmm. something else. And I think it's really, really fascinating that she didn't ask a great question in the beginning or pardon me, she didn't know that she was asking a great question. She was coming from a place of, can you tell me why I'm stuck? But she just wanted confirmation. But it was a brilliant question, just not with her intent, because it allowed you to go open to what the truth of the stuckness was. Mm-hmm. And so the actual pain point gets revealed. And and oftentimes we can't do that for ourselves if we don't have a lot of self-awareness or an upbringing that allows us to be good self-observers. Mm-hmm. And so the guides are just like, yeah, let's let's actually point out where the source of the pain is coming from so that we can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Because confirming, just the confirmation, if she had got exactly what she thought she was walking into, exactly, you know, what the confirmation that her husband isn't a good husband, that wouldn't have solved anything. That wouldn't have offered her any relief. This is actually saying, here's what's actually happening and why the feelings are manifesting. And now we have a plethora of choices that we can make because it's not what we thought it was. Yeah, that's great, Kelly. And, and I know in other situations, it will be exactly what they think it is. And they're, they're sitting down and saying, I need direction. And, and that's a different kind of session, right? Mm-hmm. Where people do know what the pain point is and they're looking for validation and whatnot. But I think... Mm-hmm. It's just illustrating a number of different reasons why people come um, in in degrees of feeling lost. Thank you. 
Yeah, well said. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.